step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coffee in the Word. I'm Sherry Poundstone, your host. This morning we are going to be discussing Lessons 9 and 10 out of Becoming a Woman of Character. This is a 12-week Bible study that I released uh, in August last summer, and it's really been an amazing study for women. If you would like to be involved in leading a group, attending a group, or just doing the study on your own, contact us at info at focuswomen.org, or you can go to Facebook and find Focus International and contact us there, and we'll be able to lead you to a group or to an individual study. The book is available on Amazon, so you can just find Becoming a Woman of Character by Sherry Poundstone on Amazon get going on it. The one thing that has been so fun is that, as I say every week, we've just had this cohesive group of women all over the country that are studying this um, and and being able to discuss and and uh, listen to live broadcasts and um, you just talk with each other, ask questions about the study, so it's been amazing. Well, I want to pray and jump in because we do have two lessons to go over today. Lord Jesus, I thank you and I honor you and I praise you. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the women listening. Thank you for this um, word. And thank you that we don't have to guess how to become women of character, that we can hear you and hear your, through your word exactly what to do in Jesus' name. Well, I want to talk first about Lesson 9, and it's building character through a tender heart. Now, this might, might not seem like an automatic character trait that you think of, but it's so important that as a, a woman of character, that we have a tender, pliable heart, tenderness of spirit. That's so that we can receive as well as give out. Now, I have a question for you. Can you tell by looking at someone if their heart is hardened or tender? Well, it's not always. Sometimes we can. We can tell by a, facial, a person's facial expression or body language, but not always. You know, a sweet little grandmother sitting in the pew can have a hardened heart about something or a preacher in the pulpit can have a hardened heart about an issue. So people can have a hardened heart without those closest to them ever realizing. Now, what does it mean to have a hardened heart? Well, it means that we have, I always look at it as a crust. There's a crust over our heart that certain things cannot get in. So let's just say that you have a hardened heart toward um, a church, because I've, I've worked with a lot of people who've been offended, and so they have a hardened heart about church. They were hurt. Uh, they don't feel like they were treated correctly, or, and maybe they weren't. But anyway, a hardened heart has come a wall or a crust over their heart regarding that particular situation. Nothing's going to be allowed in or out if we have a crust, right? So, you know, the Lord sees the condition of our heart, and he wants us to recognize if we have a hard shell around it. He wants us to break that off. He wants to help us break that off. Well, how does a, a person's heart become hardened? It's usually a layer at a time, honestly. It's one heal, unhealed, one unforgiven offense or hurt on top of another. And what will happen then is if we do not deal with that, our heart can become crusted over, as I said earlier, in certain areas. You know, And it can build up without us knowing it. 
we don't know until maybe we recognize that our behavior shows up as rebellion or cynical or sarcastic, hateful, we could be withdrawn. So our heart can be hardened if we decide to go on our own way in spite of what God's word tells us to do in Hebrews 4.12, which says this, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. I love that. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. If we're not open to receiving the word of God, then we, uh, you know, if we reject it, another layer is formed over our heart. So in order to begin to recognize the condition of our heart and look at how to get um, to remove that hardened crust, we need to be open to the Word because everything we need is in the Word. You know, if we attend a church service and hear a message on forgiveness, for example, but we choose not to forgive, we're not receiving God's Word because that's His instruction, right? So, Or maybe we hear... Um, a teaching on tithing, but we continue not to tithe. Both of these are examples of not receiving and not obeying the word of God, thus hardening our heart, even rejecting the word of God, even if that's not our intention. If we hear the instruction, if we believe God, then we need to be obedient. And if we don't, we we can begin to, again, form a layer over our heart. What's the result of the hardened heart? I think this is the most important thing. Well, for one thing, if our heart is hardened, we're unable to hear God's voice. We are unable to hear from him because we've just become insensitive to it. You know, we've got this fall up, we've got this crust over our heart. So if we can be, if we become insensitive to the voice of God, then obviously we can't hear his instruction, we can't hear his encouragement, we can't hear his love. If our heart becomes crusted over, we will miss opportunities to reach out and help others. And I think this is the most important in becoming a woman of character because we could miss a chance to share the gospel. We could miss a chance to give words of encouragement or just come alongside somebody helping them if they're having a problem or if they're in trouble. So what happens if you see that your heart's become hardened? Well, we need to repent of the things that we've done or failed to do or forgotten to do in that situation, immediately pray and like, Lord, help me remove this hardened crust from my heart in this area. Really commit yourself to faithfully doing what God's told you to do, which is being in the word, what instruction he may have given you about particular situations. Be grateful for what he's already done for you and depending on his supernatural power uh, to bless our natural efforts, because honestly, again, we can't do anything without him. Now, that's a, a brief overview of Lesson 9. If you've read that, you can, you've can you probably done your discussion questions. If you haven't, get a hold of the book at Amazon and, and do the questions at the end of each of these lessons and look up the scriptures regarding uh, hardened heart. Well, I'm going to move on to Lesson 10. This is building character through two avenues. One is reliability and one is loyalty. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is being reliable because a woman of character is reliable. And I love Matthew 5, verse 37 that says, just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. When's the last time you told someone you'd do something and you didn't follow through? Now, there can be a lot of reasons that, so no condemnation, but I'm just asking you just think through that. If we make a habit of breaking our promises, then we're going to develop a reputation as being an unreliable person. And again, in Matthew 5.37, Jesus tells us to say, yes, I will, or no, I won't. I mean, simple, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. If we say yes, but we're consistently unreliable, we do more damage 
um, than to our own reputation. We damage God's reputation in the eyes of those who see him through us. You know, remember, we're a walking, talking example. If we say we're following Christ, then everything we do in our character should reflect his, right? So not only can we discourage other Christians, but we also might even damage our own testimony as Christ's followers. And I've never met anyone who said, oh, I want to be unreliable. (laughs) I want to be known as that. But I have known many women who have too often said yes when they should have said no, or they've said yes, but they didn't follow through with their commitment. Now, occasionally, um, no condemnation, remember? Occasionally, there's going to be things that come up in our lives, and they're going to get in the way, and we're going to have to change or back out or um, say, I'm sorry, I regret I said yes, but I, you know, I have this family situation or whatever, and you can't do it. We've all experienced that from time to time, but the person who acquires a reputation for not being reliable will not be trusted. And again, will not. that's not reflecting the area of Christ or the character of Christ, excuse me. There are several reasons people become known as unreliable, and I think just recognizing the problem sometimes and simply making a conscious effort to do what we say we will do will interrupt the cycle. So perhaps improving lack of organization, maybe you know, maybe you just take on so much because you really, really want to do everything, but your calendar, you look down and the calendar is packed. And so we need to develop that ability to say no, and maybe that will solve the issue. We can seek God and ask him for help in taming our calendar because this is one thing, mentoring and, and talking to many women over the last 20 years, um, I can tell you that one of the things I hear the most is I have too much on my plate. Well, a lot of times, too much on your plate could be things that you can't control, but for the most part, when I really sit down and talk with them, I find that there's too much on their plate because they put too much on their plate. So we need to really ask God for help in this area. Now, so if our struggle involves knowing when and how to say no, that is something that God will help you with for sure. You know, the bottom line is that until we're willing to spend time with God regularly and ask him for help for these things, we're probably not going to make any significant progress. But we want to we want to become women that are reliable. Now, I want to talk about punctuality because it would be easy to overlook punctuality as a problem area in being reliable, but it isn't. It's very important. Most people are not happy with being habitually late. Most people don't want to be habitually late, right? We instinctively know that tardiness is bad. In school, we got you know poor grades for tardiness. In at work, you might get docked 15 minutes, whatever it is. But have you ever stopped to think about what is the result of habitual tardiness? That person that you know will always be late. Habitual tardiness really includes or indicates rather lack of respect for the other person that you're to meet, for the other group that you're to meet, for the other whatever event you're going to. It really is a lack of respect. Now, again, no condemnation here. It's just that we need to look at this. Now, of course, there's going to be things sometimes that cause us to be late. But in general, someone who's habitually late, it can be just a habit that's formed. Okay. So in effect, when we're late all the time, consistently, we're actually saying that we are more important than those around us. Whether you're thinking that or not, whether you really, you know, when you hear me say that, you'd be like, oh, no, 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 I don't believe that. Okay, but let's look at the behavior because actions will speak louder than words, right? So it may sound harsh, but I want you to take a look around a group when someone is habitually late and has that reputation. A lot of times you'll hear this, oh, yeah, she won't be here on time, she never is, or, oh, she'll be late. Well, good news. We can overcome this habit. We can reflect the character of Christ in our actions. We can become reliable. We can be on time wherever we go. 
So I want to just throw out a really practical thing here. Allow yourself some margin. We can allow ourselves margin, time margin, when we're planning when we should leave for an event in order to arrive early, and then we have to exercise the discipline and do it. So, for instance, let's say it takes you, you know it's going to take you 15 minutes to drive to the event that starts at 10 a.m. Always shoot for being there five minutes early. That way you'll make it at 10, and then you look and just kind of back it out and break it down. What time do I need to leave my home to arrive at 5 after 10? And then that gives you margin. In other words, there's five minutes for a long traffic light that's broken or some reason why you have to slow down in your commute. I hope that makes sense. So being reliable is so important to God. We have to make it a priority. Um, We want to become known as that reliable, trustworthy person, right? True to the commitments that we make. Somebody that says if they say yes, people can count on us to actually do what we're talking about or what we're saying yes to. So we need to, again, allow time for listening to God and for personal planning, give margin. And really, if this is an area in your life that's a struggle, and I know many people who struggle with this, ask the Lord to help you. He will. He's waiting to help you with that. All right, so a woman of character is reliable, and a woman of character is loyal. Now, I want to talk about loyalty because I think it's something that we don't really think about a lot in our society and in our culture today. But in the kingdom of God, we want to be known as loyal. That's a character trait. Some years ago, I had a really close relationship with a woman from my church community at the time, and um, I really thought that we were tight friends and you know, had each other's back, and we'd be loyal to each other no matter what was going on. And there was. There was conflict. There was turmoil swirling around us. But I really believed that she was my friend. What I discovered is that particular friend was only loyal to me when it worked to her advantage. Now, this hurt a lot, but there was such a lesson here for me, and I so, I'm so i so thankful for it. I thank God for it. Because what happened through that is the Lord showed me that loyalty is a character trait. It's a trait that must be developed. It's something we need to work on. And while we can't force someone to be loyal to us, heavens, that's not going to happen, we can certainly set the example. So as women of character, we want to remain loyal. And so if we display loyalty in our lives, then we're going to be an example to our friends and family. A lot of the um, women that I mentor in council have a lot to talk about when it comes to loyalty. They might not use that specific word, but let's face it, so many relationship issues come down to one thing, loyalty. And I believe we're seeing a shift in our culture, and there's actually a decrease in the importance of being loyal in our culture. You know, okay, you might be here one day and over here the next. There's no loyalty. So what does it mean? It means, you know, does it mean sticking by your friend and family member no matter what they're doing to you? Does it mean being loyal to a friend only when it fits our needs or is convenient? Or does it mean picking and choosing in times of loyalty? Well, it doesn't mean any of those things because as Christ-following women, we must explore what it means to be loyal to God in order to understand what it means to be loyal to our family, our friends, our spiritual leaders, our bosses, whoever it might be. So being loyal to God, we must never forget what Jesus did for us on the cross. And if we always remember that, God was very loyal to us, we'll be loyal to him. In Proverbs 18:24, it says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So being loyal to God and being loyal to our family and being loyal to our friends, these are all things that sometimes we really have to work on. You know, you may have heard that saying, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Well, that's true with most of us. We, you know, we um, uh, don't pick our family. 
you know, we're just born into it for the most part. Well, that expression really is mean to say that it, it's meant to say that we're stuck with our family that God's placed us in. And sometimes, again, we don't choose our family, but our treatment of our family should be rooted in Christ. It doesn't mean that you're going to get along with every brother and sister, every cousin. It, it, that doesn't have anything to do with that. But it means that we are there to encourage, support, pray for them. Loyalty in that fashion. Loyalty in our prayer life for our family. No matter how angry you might be at them or disgusted or whatever the emotion might be. And um, when we don't gossip about them, we don't lie about them, we don't set out to hurt them intentionally in any way. Being loyal to friends is very interesting to me. Because I think the scripture in 1 John 4.20 is very specific in its instructions. If people say, I love God, but hate brothers or sisters, they are liars. Those who do not love their brothers and sisters whom they have not seen cannot love God whom they have or whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they've never seen. In other words, if we say, I love God, but we are not loyal and do not love our brothers and sisters, our friends, our um, family, then we're not, we're saying we don't love God in that action. So it's very specific, and if we profess to love God, we must love others. And again, that's agape love, that is love that is, um, we are instructed to love as Christ loved us. And so I think it's probably safe to say that we've all experienced a breaking of friendship in some form, and many times it is because of betrayal or a lack of loyalty. So before we can be loyal in a friendship, we must have trust. And so that's the thing I want you to understand here about friendships. You know, trust is built over time and loyalty flows out of that. So don't expect that, you know, you, you might be loyal to your new friend as well as, you know, as much as you might be loyal to someone who you've known for 20 years because you trust that person. So this does take some time. We build up trust over time and a friendship is not always easy. We don't always agree with our friends. We may love them. We may want to trust them and be loyal to them, but we don't agree. It may not always be comfortable, but if we trust and are loyal to one another, we're going to make each other better. We're going to build each other up and think of what that means to you personally when a friend is loyal. So how do we demonstrate the loyalty? I'm just about at the end of my time here, so I just want to say that sometimes unforgiveness and bitterness gets in the way of us being able to demonstrate loyalty, You know, and that's a root of bitterness. Um, I recently counseled a woman whose sister had betrayed her in a big way, and a huge argument had taken place. And um, before this, they had been really tight, really close. And so even though they pretended that everything was fine between them, they had not forgiven. So these two sisters became really very disloyal to one another until they finally prayed together, asked the Lord to forgive them, to help them forgive. Loyalty between the two was restored immediately. And I think, too, we need to know that we need to teach our children about loyalty to God, family, friends, because, you know, more is caught or taught than caught. In other words, what children see, they're going to learn more than what they're going to hear. Uh, uh, hear. So setting an example for our children the most effective, is the most effective teaching tool that I can think of. We need to teach them to remain loyal to their siblings over siding with friends. We need to teach them that um, family and loyalty is important. And again, it's not that we teach them that they are to agree agree always with everything. They're individuals, they're humans, and they've been given a nature and they've been given um, spiritual gifts and talents and abilities. So, you know, character is formed in the home and therefore we have to help our children develop and strengthen character. And this character trait of reliability and loyalty, I think, is so important. 
All right, well, I'm at the end of my time here. If you have your book, be sure to go at the, to the end of Lesson 9 and the end of Lesson 10. Uh, fill out your Live It Out questions, your discussion questions. Read the prayer points. Do the further study. Look up the scriptures. I think it's so important that we dig into these two particular topics. See what the Word of God has to say about being reliable and about being loyal. So I'm at the end of my time. I thank you for listening. I will talk with you next week. God bless you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.